U.S. farmers and ranchers in action would like to recognize the sponsors of the 2020 Honor the Harvest Forum. Welcome to the U.S. Farmers and Ranchers in Action weekly video podcast for October 7th. I'm your host, Phil Lempert. Very special guest today, Aaron Fitzgerald, our CEO of U.S. Farmers and Ranchers in Action. And we're going to talk today about Honor the Harvest. We're going to talk about probably one of the most important initiatives ever taken on by farmers, ranchers, agriculture. Um, Aaron, welcome to Farm Food Facts. Welcome, Phil. Great to be back here. You've had a lot of great guests the last couple of weeks. Can't wait. Yeah, to talk. we have, and and most of them have been at Honor of the Harvest. And uh, I, I want to just give you my impression, being both at the first Honor of the Harvest um, on on the farm um, with two hundred of our of our country's leaders, if you would, and then doing it virtually um, over the six day period uh, just a couple of weeks ago. What what my takeaway is, and you know, I know nobody wants to hear this. I actually like the virtual better. I got to meet more different people. I think that when you're in um, in a barn uh, with 200 people, you know, you're sitting at a table. You talk to the people at your table. You wave to the people you know, your friends. Um, you know, maybe you meet some new people at dinner and so on. But kudos uh, for the whole USFRA team who put this together. Um, I thought it was fabulous. And, and I really thought that a lot of the interaction was even better than at the first one. You know, it's so funny. Um, you know, 90 days, as you know, being on the advisory council, <clears throat> we were questioning if we could move the event to September and have it in Iowa still um, and be in a farm um, and of course, you know, little did we know Corona would hit and then the derecho. So even where we would be having the event would have been kind of precarious, you know, to, to, to host. And I think that the digital event, you know, one, it allowed for multiple breakouts and that paired leadership, which we always do, but we were able to do through Zoom, a series of um, still engagement and, and ensure that each person had mini groups to have little conversations. And I think because we've all been in the Zoom boom box for so long, everybody was kind of thinking, how are you going to pull this off? Um, but we were still able to make it a high engagement leadership event. And I think that that um, towards the end of the forum, as you know, people got very emotional. I, I think largely because it was the first Zoom experience that you were able to have that was really familial uh, and really related to people-based rather than just information-based. So let me, let me start at the beginning. Why is Honor the Harvest so important and, and what is it all about? Yeah, well, fundamentally, you know, um, over the last decade, we've seen a lot of great efforts in sustainability, a lot of different uh, groups that are focused on it. And, and we felt fundamentally that while there has been amazing sustainability practitioners and organizations, and um, different efforts going on that we fundamentally lack a leadership forum uh, to really bring the best and brightest together and get an integrated strategy and plan. And you know, um, without a common vision, a common lexicon, a common roadmap for how we're all gonna work together, we felt that that was a big missing hole. And in particular, as we thought about 2020, this is pre-COVID, we kept seeing that there was this increasing need for leaders in action, action, uh, as we, especially as we moved into the decade of action on climate change and the sustainable development goals, we felt that we really needed to accelerate and bring these leaders together and really answer the call of leadership. And I would say 2020 ended up being that year. 
even more so. I mean, as you know, Phil, during COVID, we were trying to help leaders meet the moment. And, you know, our advisory council said, you know, now more than ever, we need to lean in. And there's never been a greater time for this moment. Uh, and we were saying that last year and this year, 2020 really became that year to lean in. And I also think, you know, in, in doing a lot of the interviews here on Farm Food Facts and a lot of the farmers and ranchers, um, one of the things that I think it's important that we take the lead on and that we, you know, put on our shoulders is frankly letting people know, whether it be retailers, whether it be consumers, uh, anybody across the supply chain, just how good farmers and ranchers are doing as it relates to sustainability. I mean, the stories that, that are, you know, in our archives are fabulous ones. And every farmer that I talk to, you know, they say, we're doing all this great stuff and nobody knows about it. So to underscore your point that we need this leadership, that we need this common voice to get out there, um, I, think it's, I think it's critical. And, you know, I also applaud you and, and all the board uh, for putting together, you know, the vision principles. Um, and I'd love to go through, you know, each of those and, and talk a bit about why it's, you know, so important. And the first one is exactly what we're talking about, collaboration. How are we going to collaborate better? Yeah, you know, I think that um, particularly during COVID, that value really got reinforced. Um, you know, we saw um, many of the food sector and retailers making business decisions that immediately was having impact on the farm gate. We saw farmers that wanted to connect and um, better engage and predict with the retailers and value chain. Um, and then we saw Feeding America as well, needing a lot of resourcing and support all up and down the value chain. And I, I think in many respects, COVID was a fire drill, a test. Um, of what it means to really collaborate. And, you know, fundamentally, sustainability, you might as well just substitute the word for super complex. And if we're not all figuring this out and working on it together, then what is what are we doing? You know, so this requires, um, you know, I used to say contagious collaboration. That was my big buzzword last year. Of course, I'm not using that anymore this year. But it does require a level of um, collaboration that's unprecedented. And I think what we're trying to do is create a call to arms um, that we have to work together. We have to learn and lift up the best. One of, one of the stories that I loved hearing um, on an interview that we did a couple weeks ago was from a farmer um, who obviously talked to other farmers, but because of COVID-19, um, the, the farmer network expanded. Um, and he described it as, you know, he used to talk to six or seven other farmers, you know, in his local area. Now he's talking to scores of other farmers throughout the entire country uh, to be able to share ideas, to share challenges, to, to really help each other. And that's one of the great things that, that came out of uh, came out of this mess um, as, as well. Um, another vision principle is leadership. We talked a little bit about that, uh, but talk a little bit more about what's the kind of leadership that we really need, whether it's at the government level, the farm level, um, the association level, the NGO level. How do we pull together all this leadership? Yeah, I think leadership is, is fundamental in this um, quest. So leadership really requires saying where you need to go. Uh, and then the second is 
followership, right? And when it comes to the, the idea of the decade of ag, we felt it was strong. It was very important to really align on that common vision because if we're all leaders, we have to step up and step out and give more unto ourselves than just the only your own organization, but have to give more to the common cause or the common vision um, to make 2020 a reality. And so we're saying you have to, this requires bold leadership not just any leadership, but bold leadership. And we're asking leaders to really step up and step out towards that vision. So my favorite um, value, if you would, um, of the list is is the next one, which is appreciation. Um, And that's appreciation of the land, of each other, uh, the communities. Um, tell Tell us more about how that made this list. Well, appreciation is a really interesting word choice as well um, that was specifically designed, as you know, by the different stakeholders. And uh, appreciate means to recognize, to look um, with openness and to lift up and appreciate in value a strength. And that really comes from a technique that we use through appreciative inquiry, which is to really celebrate the diversity and the strengths of the system. And so appreciation is also um, really indicative of diversity and inclusion, um, as well as respecting the differences that exist in all of our farms, the differences that exist within all the different value chains, and also where you are in your own leadership or your own arc of the story, if you will. And um, so it's just appreciating um, where we are in this current situation and then lifting up in value our strengths. So it's basically, um, if you've watched 30 Harvest, it's kind of built on this X-Men theory um, that everybody has these hidden talents and we should appreciate those talents and lift it up to its highest purpose. And clearly over over the six days uh, that Honor the Harvest virtual uh, took place, I saw that. I saw the appreciation in every meeting uh, that I was in, uh, whether it was the one-on-one meetings or small group meetings or the larger meetings. Um, really, and and maybe because of COVID-19, but everybody's voice was heard. Everybody's voice was built on, was discussed. I mean, I've, I've been, as you have, in meetings, you know, industry meetings for decades. And, you know, somebody pipes up with an idea and somebody else says, ah, nah, lousy idea, you know, move on, move on. And we saw none of that. Um, and, and it was really, even if an idea wasn't perfect, um, some, somebody else, whether it was a farmer, whether it was an NGO, whether it was an investment banker, you know, would build on it and, and hone it so that the group really could uh, be empowered and, and own it. Um, the next value and it's also an interesting word, it's ingenuity. Um, and, you know, in most cases today, I think that people wouldn't say ingenuity, they would say innovation. Um, why ingenuity? Yeah, ingenuity, that was so funny because, you know, all these words were uh, carefully chosen by so many stakeholders. And it was at one time, I think, innovation early on. But ingenuity was about creating the spirit uh, and the um, place for um, lifelong learning, creating um, the culture around innovation, and also inspiring um, new new innovation or ingenuity from 
places other than the food and ag sector. So we have a lot, for example, we can learn from the renewable energy sector. We have a lot we can learn from the healthcare sector and others and really look at how we can infuse um, a mindset and create a culture of innovation towards that decade of ag challenge. So we hear a lot about, you know, farmers and ranchers being the stewards of the land. And that's, you know, the next principle, which is stewardship. But what does stewardship actually mean? I love this because um, I've been working on sustainability for quite some time. Uh, and when I first started working on sustainability, it was definitely a corporate social responsibility mindset. You saw many companies um, back in 2007 taking on this. And I, I remember going out to visit a farmer and he walked out and showed me the deed to his family farm that had been in the generations for five generations. And he said, is this what sustainability means? And I went, okay, you know, how do we adapt the language of sustainability? And then I was, um, got to go to the UN several times and I saw that there's these sustainability goals and we all set goals. But the question I have is what makes a person get to the goals, want to take action on goals? And that starts from a deeper innate place of stewardship. And those are the values and the commitment to really want to leave this world better for the next generation, want to leave our land better for the next generation. And sustainability, that is putting your values into action, making the tough business model line up day in, day out, no matter how tough it is for the community and the planet. And so we will always speak to the journey towards sustainability goals as both stewardship and sustainability. It has to first start from a, from a deeper place. And I think culturally, we have a community, both if you look at farming and food makers, that we have been doing that for generations. We have, we are committed, we love food. We love giving service to our communities to provide food. And we need to tap into that deeper innate sense of purpose to really make the goals come alive. And I love that you've combined um, the, the heart and the head together with with this uh, that that both have to be involved with stewardship, and uh, you know we should have a contest. We we should see who can show us the the deed that goes back the most number of generations, and then hang it in the USFRA office. I would be a, curious. A copy of it. Wouldn't that be cool? I that would, would that. be cool. I wonder who is. <laughs> I would love that. I would love that. So um, the last principle. Uh, especially um, as we've discovered with COVID-19, um, is um, evidence-based. That we just can't be um, out there, you know, talking a good game. That we have to have evidence, we have to have science, we have to have reporting on it. Um, and, and I guess, what do we then do with that? information. Once we have this good evidence-based information and these learnings, how do we share it? Yeah, this one actually came up, um, as you know, part of day one through day six. Um, and I think largely similar to the diversity question, you know, we're seeing in the science world as well, um, science versus emotive-based um, conversations, particularly as it relates to covid uh, as it relates to vaccines and a series of other conversations. And, and you could say also GMOs and climate change, right? Um, I often am in two different conversations where one group will say, you know, GMOs aren't scientifically backed, but they believe in climate change. I, I'm in another room where they believe in the science of climate change, but they don't believe in the science of GMOs. 
you know, and, and often we do attribute emotions uh, with science. And uh, I think what this is saying is search for the answers and make certain that we are doing the due diligence of science. And in particular, it's very important for agriculture because as we look at the next decade, for example, we are just finding out the amazingness of soil, what's underneath our ground. In fact, we know more about the surface of moon and the right. constitution than we do know about our soils. And it, to me, it is the untapped frontier. So oftentimes in conversations, when I hear stakeholders, they're like, well, it's not this and it's not that. I'm like, well, it's important to know what we don't know, just as important as what we do know. So if we have a question, that is a, a, a point of inquiry. Let's go figure it out. Let's go do the science to, to make it possible, um, rather than just saying it's not an option. Um, so, you know, when I think about the next decade in particular, um, we have incredible frontier. Uh, if we imagine climate change really happening, and, and I, I do think, as we've seen the last three years, um, this sector is going to have to have unprecedented science to meet the changes, changing uh, and dynamic conditions of episodic and extreme weather events, uh, the ability to grow food um, in those, those biological conditions is, is a frontier unknown. And so the purpose of the science say like, let's get going. We need unprecedented science. We need unprecedented data. And we've got to get that in our hands of our farmers. Um, so it's really a call to arms uh, on science and innovation. So we started this discussion with me sharing um, my biggest learning from this year's Honor the Harvest, which was meeting a lot of new people, um, mm -hmm. hearing from a lot of experts. You know, you, you've talked about climate change and um, I, I forgot the expert, and in fact, it could have even been Tom Vilsack, um, who shared that one of the biggest problems because of climate change um, is going to be the possibility, probability, that we're going to have more pandemics um, as a result. So to your earlier point, this was a test. Um, and, and we have passed. We've learned a lot from this test. Um, and, and more great things are going to happen as a result. On a personal level, what was the biggest takeaway for you um, leading the effort uh, from this year's Honor the Harvest? You know, I really appreciated the diversity in the room um, of all different perspectives. I love to hear all the different um, viewpoints and just to feel that they had a safe space to have a conversation about stretching. And then the last day for me, um, I think was the most important to see the vision get realized. Um, you know, last year we had asked, can we create a common vision? And, and I, I was really afraid during COVID that we would be, we'd all focus on the moment and not the long-term and not really lean in. And so for me, even every day I was just hanging on, like, let's, I hope we can get this vision agreed upon so that we can get momentum and sign on. Uh, and the fact that we came away with that vision and really strengthened it over the next six days and it came alive um, and just watching individual leaders um, accept the leadership challenge, um, the commitments to step up. You know, there was a lot of emotions on day six. I think we saw a couple people getting teary-eyed, probably myself included, um, because this is a, a moment 
it really is a moment to really think about 2020. This all this year happened for you know a reason, and and how we, you know it could have been another year. We'll look back at 2020 and be like, that is how the decade of ag got launched. Um, and we need to make certain that you know it doesn't stop here. I think one of the things um, that I always say when people use the word conference, I'm like, this wasn't a conference. You know, there's many conferences. This is a leadership moment in time where we saw leaders really step in and lean in and what's coming out of it uh, over the next six months and year and decade is what matters most. And Aaron, thank you for your leadership. Thank you for bringing Honor the Harvest uh, to fruition. Um, and thank you for leading um, agriculture. And uh, thank you for being on Farm Food Facts. Well, it was an amazing group effort, as you know, amazing team and facilitators and just advisory council and all the sponsors and all the participants really hung in there, you know, and they contributed to this. So it's definitely a team effort. So everyone was working very hard and we'll look forward to getting back with you, Phil, on, on the vision commitment. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Thank you. U.S. Farmers and Ranchers in Action would like to recognize the sponsors of the 2020 Honor the Harvest Forum. Our movement sponsors, United Soybean Board and National Pork Board. Our presenting sponsors, Wells Fargo and Cargo. Our gold sponsors, Bayer, Dairy West, Nebraska Soybean Board, McDonald's, Nutrien, and the Foundation for Food and Agriculture Research. Our bronze sponsors, Purina and Ernst & Young our youth sponsor, Ruan, and our donor sponsor, Tyson. For more information on all things food and agriculture, please visit us at usfarmersandranchers.org. Also be sure to look out for us on Facebook at US Farmers and Ranchers and on Twitter at USFRA. Until next time.